This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast. Welcome to Militantly Mixed, the Black as Fuck edition, the podcast about blackness from the mixed black perspective. I am one of your hosts, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, uh, but I am running solo this evening. Uh, Blur Vision and I didn't get uh, quite synced up in our recording this week, and so here we go. We're doing a solo mission. Blurred Vision and I, we're going to do a review of Venom to kind of showcase our Blurred status. Of course, he has it in his uh, name, Blurred Vision. I consider myself more of a bleak black geek, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, So we're going to probably go ahead and get that recorded for you tomorrow and either release it early or release it next week, depending on uh, what kind of recording schedule we can get together. Uh, But we do usually record on Tuesdays for the following week. And in this case, I saw the movie before Tuesday, but he didn't get a chance to see it until after Tuesday and we couldn't find a time to record based off both of our schedules since then. So here we go. Since I am solo and although it would be nice to kind of discuss my feelings about this particular topic with Blurred Vision, uh, because it is fresh in the news, I'm going to go ahead and cover it tonight. And it'll allow me to introduce a segment that I have long been wanting to introduce um, to either one of my shows, Adventures in Caucasia. Adventures in Caucasia! So this segment is not going to be just a white people bashing type segment. It's not even talking about white people or whiteness in general. Uh, This segment is going to be dedicated to any form of entitled, privileged, racist whiteness or what the kids these days are calling caucasity. Um, We we have just been confronted so much lately, and I'm sure it has more to do with the fact that everybody has phones at the ready um, to record any kind of crazy incidences nowadays in a way that... That we, we weren't quite doing in the early days of camera phones and such. But um, and I feel like this stuff has been going on forever. It's not new. It's just this is the first time we're getting a chance to see it. Um, I forget who made that original quote, but um, I think that is is what is happening. And it's just kind of it. But it just it really does show you just how racist we are in this country or this country is anyways. Um, even in places that we've always thought of as being very progressive, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New New York, um, a lot of our videos are coming from those places. Uh, there were two videos this week that I was aware of. I'm sure there's more, but there's two that came through my timeline, which is Cornerstone in Caroline and the woman in St. Louis that um, followed a man and blocked him from getting into his own apartment. Um, we're going to get into those ladies here on Adventures in Caucasia. Adventures in Caucasia! But... Uh, 
I don't know. I feel like there's something I need to say about this, and I just, I just don't know what to say. It is so out of control right now. These particular white women that are racist and so entitled that they feel that they can take up space that a person of color can't take up or that they have the right to call the cops on a person who is not committing a crime um, or that they have the right to bar a black person from doing any regular run-of-the-mill everyday things that they have the audacity to ask for personal and private information just for their own personal comfort and I just want it to be a hundred percent clear which I'm very sure that I don't have any of these types of women listening to this show but I need it to be a hundred percent clear that people understand that none of us are under any obligation to tell anyone our personal and private information for your comfort. You know, um, if I saw even a white person or a black person or a brown person or a yellow person or a red person or whatever going into a building and I just assumed they didn't live there based off of some arbitrary thing like the color of their skin or what they were wearing or whatever, it is not my right or my place to ask them if they belong there. Now, yes, there are things, some people loiter, some people look suspicious, things like that or whatever. Whatever. And at that point, you can decide if you want to call the non-emergency line and say, hey, I'm a little suspicious of this, but I don't think it's an emergency or whatever. But if you wouldn't mind swinging by, I guess that's your prerogative as well. Um, but these women are doing it in the most ridiculous scenarios. Barbecue Becky, you're calling the cops on a black family for barbecuing in a park. Permit Patty, you're calling the cops on a, a child, a black child for selling water bottles without a permit, as if there's no possible way children have ever sold anything without a permit before, like, I don't know, lemonade or, I don't know, magazines for school fundraisers or candy or Girl Scout cookies or whatever the fuck. And yet this particular child um, required a permit in this woman's eyes. And now in the latest edition or latest release of the racist Barbie character, we have Cornerstone Caroline. Um, First of all, I think it's hilarious that the homeboy that recorded the video wanted to make sure that he not only had the first video but that he got to name the woman for uh, for her crazy ass actions. So he's yelling out Cornerstone Caroline, Cornerstone Caroline uh, throughout the video, which did crack me up, even given the fact that what was going on in the video was crazy and, and harmful. I am going to play a little portion of that full video to you. So I'm not going to do the four. I think it's like four and a half minutes or whatever. I'm going to give you about two minutes of the beginning of the video. In, in, this, in this audio clip, you're going to hear that the children are very frightened. You're going to hear that the mother of those children is very angry. You're going to hear people on the street um, getting involved and and yelling into, including a, um, uh, there is one black woman that's calling her a pedophile, which doesn't fit the scenario, but I understand her anger and rage and what the meaning behind what she was saying. Uh, But there is also a a white woman who steps in to confront confront Caroline um, in this case. And uh, I cut it off around that point, so you don't get to hear the rest of that, but I'll put a link to it in the show notes so that you can get a chance to listen to it. I've also made the decision myself to bleep out the woman's phone number and address more for my protection of the show than for hers. Um, But her phone number and address are out there. So I don't know. Um, But yeah, so let's go ahead and play that clip. No, I want the cops here right now. I'll talk to you. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. Black lady. I get it. Um, yeah, they're videotaping mentally ill. 
Yeah. Listen, I don't care. Listen, oh, you remember me, right? From school, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. The sun grabbed my ass. She said and she decided to yell at me. I'm gonna stay right so, here. Security cameras. Let me go. Don't say no way. Go home. Let's make it go viral. Go home. No. Yeah. Go. No, not her. Her. No, no. Come on. She's calling police on a black go woman. Go home. She needs to go home. Don't do this. This one's too bad. Yeah. All stuff, bro. Like. Mommy. 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 They want to uh, go on the floor. Go on the store, Carolyn. That's what that is. Go cry, little man. Go cry, little man. Because she's calling the cop. Let's go on the store, Carolyn. We got a new one. Go on the store, Carolyn. Look at that. She's calling the police. Nobody want to touch your flat ass. Somebody, she called the police. Sexually assaulted by a child. Go home. Make her go viral. She's nasty. Make her go viral. You're a pedophile. You're a pedophile. Make her go viral. You're a pedophile. You're a pedophile. Call it police. This is a pedophile. You're a pedophile. Go home. Let me go home. You're a pedophile. You pedophile. Thank you. Because a little kid, because a little kid brushed up against her and touched her on her butt. She's calling police. And I am going home. Goodbye, not yeah, I know. operator. Now, why don't you upload that to a world star? Go away. What is your problem? All right, so. Like I said, this is only half of the clip that um, that I shared the audio with you for. And basically, it starts out with she's already on the phone and talking to presumably 911. The um, She's accusing the nine-year-olds of, of... And she yells this out, so it's very clear in the video. I was sexually assaulted by a child. First of all, that's insane. Even for a child who did... Like, let's say the child did actually squeeze her butt with intent. Um, whether or not a nine-year-old would really understand that in in a case of like being sexually assaulted uh i mean come on like yeah maybe some kids know but but in in with the intention to cause harm or anything like that it seems kind of unlikely my husband's family had a daycare in his house when we first got together and i was touched by children in random ways because children are just kids and they they're they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're exploring um i've had friends kids crawl up in my lap and squeeze my boobs and ask me if they were going to have boobs one day. Did I feel sexually violated by these children? No. I felt like these were just children being curious and because they were not my children or whatever, instead of me being the one that teach them that lesson, I would just remove them from my body and take them to their parents and say, you know, mommy, daddy, explain blah, 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 what just happened. Or, you know, I would let the family deal with that because that was on them. That wasn't for me to insert that. I would just at least remove my body from the situation. <laughs> for my, oh gosh, I don't even know why I'm saying this like this. It seems so clear to me that a child is not well I don't know I'm sure there are cases of it fine like I, I don't want to be completely uh, unrealistic about things but in this case and given the fear that you can see in the child on the video it's clear that this is not the case of what's going on so in watching the video initially I got the impression that the kid probably just brushed up against her as he was walking past her and she decided to, to, to 
to go crazy with it. And then the next day, somebody released the video from the security footage, which confirmed that suspicion. The, the little boy, the sister, and the mother were walking in the line behind Caroline, uh, Carnesaur Caroline. And at the point at which he approaches near where she's at, he turns his body to the left. So his backpack is actually the thing that seems to have brushed Cornerstone Caroline. Uh, he wasn't looking at her and his hands weren't in view, like, you know, grabbing her or anything like that. You do see that she must get bumped into or something because she snaps her head really quickly. And the family goes off camera. You know, they're still walking their straight line. And that's when you see Caroline yelling at them. So you can't hear the audio from what was happening in the room, but you do hear someone kind of talking through uh, what was going on in that video, like, see this happen, see this happen. I'm not going to play the audio for that because it is essentially just a silent video with somebody saying their own opinions, but I will put a link to it in the show notes in case you haven't seen it yet and you want to see it. But it absolutely exonerates this child. He did not touch her with any part of his body. If anything, he brushed against her with his backpack and, you know, you could chalk it up to a misunderstanding if the person, if Caroline's natural reaction was, hey, you bumped me or something like that. But instead, she's decided to go crazy with it and call the cops and accuse this child of sexual assault. Um, So first things first, that's insane. Um, I'm not going to address whether or not Cornerstone Caroline has a mental illness. I know it's come up on a lot of the threads and comments that people posted, um, but I'm going to go ahead and take mental illness out of this discussion just because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I am not qualified to make this assessment. Um, I am going to refer to some of the things she does as crazy, and I'm not meaning that in a mental health way. I'm just meaning it in the way that we generally use it, which is like, this is crazy. This is something is not right with what's going on here. And I'm not the kind of person that gives a pass uh, to the racism when a person is mentally ill. Um, I know there's ideas about whether or not Asterix 45 and his artist buddy are mentally ill. And again, I can't make that assessment. I have my opinions, but I can't make that assessment. But what I can say is that their racism or their their antics with relate with relation to polarizing this country has nothing to do with their mental health situation. Their racism and their polarizing behavior is something separate from that. So I'm not going to include that in my discussion here as it relates to Cornerstone Caroline. I'm just going to go ahead and say that the situation is crazy and and that is not necessarily a mental health issue. Until that becomes revealed, I'm not going to put my thoughts in on that thing. Um, Here's some of the crazy stuff, though. Speaking of crazy, uh, here's some of the crazy stuff, though, that I don't understand in all of these videos. It seems to be a common thing in a lot of these videos, I'll say, uh, in which a white person is calling the cops on uh, black people unwarranted, um, is that they reference the security camera as if the security camera is going to um, prove they're telling the truth when they absolutely know that it's not going to back them up. Um, the other day I saw a video and I think this one is old, but I saw a video of a white woman holding onto a truck um, and preventing the guy from driving and she's on 911 and she's accusing the guy of trying to run her over while the car is not moving and she's saying, he's videotaping me, he's videotaping me and then she goes, oh my gosh, he's running me over and he's not moving at all and um, and then she screams for her husband to, to try to come and get this guy or whatever. Uh, so this is like this common thing of these people who are telling us to reference the security camera footage or the or that they're being told, oh, he's videotaping me. But um, the videotape is only going to prove that they're lying. So I don't understand this. But this is something she does really early on in the video. She references to 911 that uh, she's there. There was a security camera. And to jump back to the video from the security camera, there's a point at about the I think it's like the minute and 30 second mark or somewhere around there in which um, at this point, Corner Store Caroline has turned in the direction that the family left the camera and is clearly going back and forth with with what I assume is going to be the mother of the children. And around the one minute, 
32 mark or something like that, she starts thrusting her pelvis in their direction. So going back to this idea that this child sexually assaulted her, if she really believed that this child sexually assaulted her, why would she then thrust her pelvis in his direction? Any of us who have ever suffered any kind of sexual assault or um, I guess battery even or rape would never then turn to our attacker and then gesture towards them in a sexual manner. Um, I mean, if anything, that would be provoking the further behavior or possibly getting you in more of a world of hurt or something like that. If it was serious, obviously, obviously we're talking about a child here who would not be able to overpower this woman or anything like that. But again, he is also a child, a nine-year-old child. So he, she may be yelling at the mom, but the mom and the kids are clearly standing together and she turns and starts thrusting her pelvis. First, she's like, does this like butt roll thing where she's not looking at them and then she turns and does this and I had to go back and watch it a couple times because I was like am I seeing what I think I'm seeing this just seems so crazy but again this we're, we're going back into this idea that this woman is just so entitled she can do whatever the fuck she wants but this child somehow committed a crime against her uh, by brushing her with his backpack. It's so ridiculous. Um, the crowd starts to get kind of antsy and they're, they're hollering at her, including the mother of the children. The children are screaming bloody murder in the background. They are so afraid. And um, uh, I mean, I have mixed feelings about this. I understand why the mom wanted to stand up and fight for her children. Um, with her children being that afraid, though, I know I saw some comments where people were saying that she should have taken her children out of that situation. Uh, me not being a parent, again, I'm not going to try to put that uh, my opinions in that area. Um, I'm not sure what my reaction would have been if I was in that same space. Uh, part of me wants to say I would be there to stand up and fight. The other part of me would, would say, you know, yeah, maybe I need to get the children out of here and then I'll come back and deal with this. Um, but I don't really know uh, what would have been the best thing there. I 100% understand why the mother was committed to sticking out that situation, though, because uh, she knew she was right. She knew she knew her child didn't do anything crazy. So there you go. And then at some point, uh, another white woman stand, steps in and, and is like, are you crazy? This is a child that we're talking about here you know, like in, in terms of the sexual assault portion of it and the fact that you would call the cops versus taking the moment to have a discussion with the mother and then maybe the mother handle it if in fact she was groped, which she was not. Um, but to go straight to the 911 portion is the is the thing that I want to talk about the most. I do not understand what the sense of entitlement is that white people like this, this type of white person has in particular, where they feel that they can take up more space than a person of color, that they have the right to the space and the person of color that doesn't that it that they can boss us around and tell us that we have to comply to them when they are neither police officers nor uh, any type of authority i mean in this case not even as a store owner <laughs> she was just a random person just like uh, this family and but that she feels entitled to what she did doesn't make any sense to me and i need to ask this question why are we not arresting these people that are uh, defrauding 911 you were talking about taking uh, emergency services time wasting that time to um, to call the cops on a child who didn't do anything wrong just so that you can act a fool for whatever reason. Even if you did think that he did grope you, he's still a child and that is a moment where you could have addressed the mother directly and and um, and handled that situation like that. It wasn't a, it wouldn't have been a criminal thing perhaps with the child. But what Curtis Caroline did is criminal. Fraud is illegal. And the fact that she is lying and knew she was lying and did it anyway is actually a punishable offense 
why was she not arrested for this thing? I have no idea. Why was Permit Patty not arrested for this thing? Why was Barbecue Becky? And, and maybe you can make an ar- argument that their cases was, was maybe not as dangerous. Okay, sure, fine. Um, I mean, I would argue that any case in which a, a white person calls the cops on a black person at this point is dangerous because um, you're, you're willing to bet that black person's life when you call the police in today's day and age, given how many times simple situations have turned into a black person dying at the hands of a police officer, you are betting that black person's life. And in this particular case, Cornerstone Caroline was betting a nine-year-old black child's life over this call. And that is, and absolutely should be punishable. I don't understand why she was not arrested for this. Um, so this is the part of the conversation we need to start having. Like across the board, we need to start having this conversation so that we can start making this change. Because this is possibly a change that we can make. I don't know when we can change police um, killing black folks. But what I do believe we can change is legislation that puts people in jail, if not prison, that may be too far, but at least jail uh, with some sort of time served for defrauding 911 and taking up precious emergency services time. That seems to be completely reasonable. Um, It has recently been a thing in which you're starting to see people who do accuse um, people falsely of rape um, as being, you know, doing some time because of that is fraud and everything like that. And this is just an extension of that type of thing. It absolutely needs to be addressed. And then we go on a little bit further into the video um, and she announces her address to the 911. And then she says this ridiculous thing that actually convinced people she hadn't actually called 911, which was, I am going to my apartment. Thank you and goodbye or something like that. 911. And then she gets off the phone and the the other white woman confronts her and then they have an exchange back and forth. But before this exchange happens, she turns to the guy who's shooting the video and she goes, now upload that to Worldstar. And even that... That is super racist, too. I mean, obviously, World Star is something where more POC content is on and, you know, things get uploaded on there, uh, tend to be more geared towards race in some way, shape or form, or at least that the people are people of color or something like that. So to sit there and sort of like almost bow to the camera in a way of being like, I've done with my performance. Now you can upload it on World Star and make me famous uh, was just fucking ridiculous. I, uh, gosh, this thing makes me so angry. Um, but yeah, so so there we go. We have Cornerstone Caroline and the, the latest uh, doll of racism. Um, I just picture it like on the shelf in, a, in Target or something like that where there's these Barbie doll boxes of Barbecue Becky and Cornerstone Caroline and Permit Patty and whoever the fuck else ends up going on the shelf over the next couple days. Um, the, this level of entitlement is absolutely insane and I can't I can't fathom feeling that entitled. I mean, I, I know that I come from a visible minority. I know that I come from, uh, you know, I grew up on welfare until my mom was able to get off of it when I was in like third or fourth grade. Um, so I've, I grew up economically disadvantaged. I just, because of my background, I'm assuming I don't understand this level of entitlement. I've never felt this kind of entitlement. Um, the places in which I think I may feel entitled is possibly in my own house in which if someone's acting a fool and they're in my house, I can tell them to leave my house, which I've done before. I had a friend bring her kid over my house and I didn't, I told her I didn't want her kid in my house because he was bad. She didn't think I was serious. He pulled my cat's tail. I kicked her out of my 
house <laughs> because my my cat is more important than your comfort in my house because you don't live here. Um, and uh, so like that's an area I guess I would say that I feel entitled, but I don't feel entitled to the world at large. I don't feel like I get to take up any old space. I mean, if I buy a ticket for a place and I, you know, like a movie or a show and I sit down in my seat and someone tries to take my seat, I guess I would feel entitled to that seat. But this kind of entitlement, just that I can just walk up to you and decide that you've done something wrong and call the cops on you when in my heart of hearts, I know that's not the case. I do not understand that kind of entitlement. Um, Someone's going to have to explain it to me because I I just don't get it. And it's very frustrating. And it's not even the only thing that happened this last week. Uh, So we have the other story, which is the case of the white woman in St. Louis who uh, confronted a black man who was trying to enter an apartment building that while she was outside walking her dog. He didn't display the fob that she was normal uh, used to seeing. And so she tried to bar him from entering the building. And she asked him a whole bunch of personal questions. What apartment number you are? Who are you here to see? Blah, blah, blah. He said everything he needed to say. I live here. I'm trying to get in the building. She kept saying she wasn't comfortable letting him in the building. And he very gently said, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, this is my house. It doesn't matter. Uh, she she tried to say she had ownership in this space in some kind of way. Like, I'm not comfortable letting you in this space that I live And he goes, well, I live here too. So again, not your place, not your building. You're not the landlord. She ends up following him uh, down the hallway to the elevator. She gets in the elevator ahead of him. They go, uh, she tries to block him from doing that even. They end up going up. He, she stays on the elevator with him. She says she lives on the third floor. He lives on the fourth floor. She stays on the elevator with him. And as he's walking out of the elevator, she goes, no, no. And she tries to bar him from getting out of the elevator and then continues to follow him down to his door and tries to step between him and his key even though he's got his key in the door, tries to stand between him and the door so that he can't get into the place. She wants to know who he's there to see and what purpose he would have there. Um, And this is just something that is completely escalated for no reason. Okay, I have a a key entry type apartment building as well. And part of our lease does say you're not supposed to let anybody in that is not a visitor of yours. So there have been times, because I am that dick, that when I am in the lobby, maybe going to my mailbox or whatever, someone's on the outside knocking on the glass door and I'll shake my head at them and say, I don't know you and I don't let them in. Um, I have had people follow me in and I've, and in one particular case, I did ask for the, if the person had a key uh, to the thing because of just the erraticness of them. They, they also, I can't really describe it. It was like a year or so ago, um, but they were really jittery and they were kind of walking back and forth in front of the canopy as I left the building and went to the store. And then when I came back, um, they were still there and then they followed me in. And so that was one case in which I did ask if they had a key, but I didn't see their key. I never followed them around. I just left it at that. I didn't even go up the elevator with them. I went through the garage because of my own comfort. Um, and I called it a day. Don't know what happened to that situation. Never called the police or never called the apartment complex. That was going to be their own thing to deal with. Um, but yeah, like if I'm in the lobby and someone's on the glass on the outside, I don't let them in because for my own comfort, I don't want to have let somebody in that um, doesn't have a key because my lease says that if we're so- seen on camera letting people in, in, then we become liable for them. Um, so that's my own deal. But I would never follow someone to an apartment just to prove that they don't belong there. I think that's insane. And again, I'm not going to comment on whether or not this person is mentally unstable. I don't believe that she is in any way, shape or form, but um, I'm not going to try to make an assessment, like a real assessment of that. I think that that is just a level of entitlement that white women, this particular type of white women in this country seem to have. And that you can even, like basically what she does 
at that point is is um, unlawful detainment by blocking him from entering his apartment and trespassing to a degree because she does kind of step between him and his own door uh, when he gets it slightly opened. So, um, so again, this is a person who should be considered defrauding the police because 30 minutes after he enters his apartment and is sitting at home cozy in his house, he gets a knock on the door by the police and he has to show them the video and explain to him the whole situation. He is inside the apartment with his key that, um, that allowed him to enter and he still was subjected to having to prove to the police that he lived in that space. And that is ridiculous. I do have the audio from it, but it is so quiet and there's so many bat- patches of time where there's no talking that I don't really feel that it's worth it. But I will put the link to the video in the show notes if that is something um, that you all want to see. But again, this is this is the idea behind this segment is uh, outing this level of entitlement, this kind of caucasity that is just like, I am white and therefore I am right idea that some people have that um, I don't know what the best way to stop it is. But I know that in my own personal life, I am calling it out when I see it. In fact, I, I even uh, posted today on my own personal Facebook that if I get booted from Facebook anytime soon, it's because I was calling some folks out on whitewashing. And um, all I said was that a particular drawing of something else was whitewashed. And and that's all I said. All I said is whitewash much. It was a, a PETA ad that had one black man and one white man in the bed with a chicken. And it said that eating meat follows you to the bedroom. Very weird PETA um, advertisement uh, itself. Um, but someone had drawn an anime cartoon version of the same ad and put like a sexy chicken in between them and, and said that it looked like they had just had a three-way and were spent. Um, but the drawings of the two men had been very whitewashed and you no longer could tell that the person in the ad was black. And so that's all I said, whitewashing must. And as a result of that, I immediately got called a, um, uh, that I didn't have a brain. Um, I had, a, I was told to get a brain from another person. Um, I, I was basically ca- uh, called a stupid piece of shit. Uh, no, that was the first one. I was first called a stupid piece of shit. And then I was called brainless and that I need to get a brain. Um, and, uh, the funny thing is, is I didn't even see this in the beginning. In the beginning, when I saw the ad, I showed it to my husband and he's the one who said the whitewashing thing. And then when I noticed it, when I looked a little bit closer and my husband is half white and, and half, uh, Arab. Um, and I, I was like, Oh yeah, look at that. And so I made that comment. And as a result of my one little comment that didn't address the, the advertisement or the subject of the advertisement at all, I was called all these things. And, um, and I used to just leave it alone and I definitely don't want to be uh, troll baited. In this case, I didn't feel necessarily troll baited. I just felt like these are ignorant people that needed to hear the truth. So I responded with very um, clear and non-emotional and non-attacking uh, remarks about erasure in, um, you know, as a person of color, I deal with erasure on a regular basis. If you don't deal with erasure, maybe you don't see this as a big deal, but I personally do. And it was my opinion that I dropped in a, a comment box and noticed that I never attacked you people even once, but you decided to go straight for my intelligence and, um, and basically tell me to shut up about race and I'm not going to do that. And um, because I know a few people who have been in that same situation in which um, a white person says something racist, they comment on the racism and then they're the one that gets the temporary bland on Facebook. I made sure I posted that to my own personal group just to say like, hey, if I go dark for a little while, this is probably why. Um, Because I don't trust that the Facebook system is protecting people of color's opinion over white people's opinion at the moment Um, or maybe ever. I don't know. Uh, But it just seemed to be something that I've noticed amongst a lot of the people that I am friends with on Facebook too. And it seems to 
happen on Twitter a lot as well, where a white person uh, says something racist, a person of color responds, the person of color gets banned, but you still see that white person tweeting. Um, it's out of control. And I, I guess like without really having a through line for this episode, I will at least go so far as to say something is wrong <laughs> with these, these people. And I refer to it as adventures in Caucasia because these are sort of these moments that feel like a trip to a land that you're not that familiar with. Um, in my personal life, I've been using this term for a while and now I'm just wanting to incorporate it into the show uh, to address some of these things. Because I think I think there was a time when respectability politics made sense. I no longer think that that is okay right now. I think we've passed that time. Um, they're not being respectable in their attacks. So I don't necessarily think that we should have to be respectable. What I'm not saying is be, you know, eye for an eye, be as crazy as they are. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is in the past, respectable politics had us to do with don't act a fool in front of white people. Don't let them see that we can be wild too. Or um, if they say something to you, just turn the other cheek and be quiet. Well, one, I've said on many occasions, I'm not a Christian. Um, I do think of myself as a good moral person, even though I am not guided by a deity or a sky daddy in any way, shape or form. Um, I don't act there. I don't go out there acting a fool. I don't commit crimes. I don't drink. I The only drug, if you want to call it a drug, that I do is I take um, edible cannabis supplements for um, or cannabis oil for my migraines um, about once every three months or so. And that's about it. Uh, so like I'm not a person that's filled with vices in terms of like, you know, puritanical views on things. Um, I'm not out here doing all kinds of crazy things. But I used to keep my mouth shut when people said horrible things to me, racist things, sexist things. Um, and in the last couple of years, I've stopped being silent. Now, not being silent does come with consequences. In a time in which I was not silent uh, in the workplace, I no longer am on that career path that I had during that um, because of speaking up. Um, in cases of recent, um, you know, interactions, like I said, in public, I, I have been yelled at a couple of times in, you know, posting a comment on Facebook. I get told that I'm brainless in some way, shape or form. Um, I'm not going to be quiet anymore about it. And I'm not saying that that's for everybody. And I'm not saying everybody should do that. But what I'm saying is that if you can and if you are so inclined, you shouldn't keep silent under the guise of respectability. Now, if you are just not the kind of person that is an activist in that way, then I wouldn't push you to be an activist in a way that you're not comfortable. I won't tell you to that I think you should do this or you should do that or whatever. If you are an in-person activist and you're a marcher, go march. If you're the kind of person that will put your body in front of another person to protect them, go do that. If you're a person who has a podcast, who is using this opportunity as a chime to talk about your, your perspective and your uh, values and politics, do that. In this case, that is the kind of activist that I am. I'm using my platforms to to talk about these ugly subjects in the hopes that anybody who is listening um, is empowered by their position as well, whatever that is, um, that they speak out if they can or write something if they can or march if they can, whatever your way of doing it is. Um, for now, I find myself to be very vocal on race issues in person. Um, even, you know, I'm sure I put myself at risk when I do that on my show, which so far so good, but I'm, sh I'm waiting one day someone is going to say, 
you know, some something horrible about one of my shows. Um, hasn't happened yet, luckily, but it could soon. Um, I don't go to marches anymore. I've, I've been to a couple, but I don't, um, I don't feel comfortable doing it that way. I'm not physically fit in case shit goes down. So I don't really feel like I could, I would have the cardio to run and get safe. Uh, you know, things like that. There, there are reasons why I don't active. I am not an activist in that respect, but I am in other ways. Um, I am with my money. I try to buy black as often as possible versus buying corporate unless it is just too difficult. You know, unfortunately, convenience is a is a is a bar against um, your principles in some cases. Um, I don't have a, a POC owned grocery store anywhere nearby, so I do go to a regular old bonds, things like that. Um, but if I can buy black, I do buy black, uh, even to the point that I am a knitter who buys ex- uh, almost exclusively from black dyers um, just because I want to make sure that my money goes, not only that my money goes to a pers- uh, people of color going back into my community, in a respect, but also that I, I know the people in, in, in a small way uh, that get my money. You know, they're giving me a product I really love and enjoy, but I want to know that, you know, my dollars are servicing people of color in some way, shape, or form, if I can do it. Uh, even my, my toothpaste, or I'm sorry, even my toothbrushes are uh, from the Buy Black website. So that was a lot of straight up just Charmaine talking, but I this is kind of stuff I felt like getting off my chest this week uh, since I didn't have blurred vision with me uh, to talk. I think this will happen from time to time. You know, there might be smart, small times in which we just have a quick, here's the most recent adventure in Caucasian. We throw a video clip up or an audio clip up or something like that. But in this case, I, I felt like I wanted to talk about it. Um, I think we're at a good spot. I've been talking for almost 40 minutes straight. <laughs> and my throat is getting scratchy. So, yeah. I don't know how these episodes will go on these few occasions in which I do it on my own. Um, I do feel like I was probably a be I was probably a bit ranty um, on this one, but I've been pretty angry this week seeing those women uh, behave that way towards, you know, innocent people, just a black child and a black man trying to go home at the end of his day. You know, God, it's so fucking frustrating. I can't um, I don't understand how we're how we're having to walk around like this with this stuff going on right now. Um, But let us know how you feel about this week's episode. Uh, We will try to come back and give you that uh, Venom review, maybe this or next week and um or we'll skip it all together and just talk about what other uh crazy shit goes down next week we'll see um but yeah blurred vision and i will be back for you next tuesday with an episode uh, but shout us out let us know how you feel about this if there's some political issue or some issue of blackness that you would like us to discuss or you want to discuss with us um hit us up on social media on twitter we are m m black af on instagram and facebook we are militantly mixed black af and you can also email us at black af AF at militantlymixed.com or if you want to leave us a voicemail, a comment, an interstitial, anything like that, uh, you can give us a call at 323-545-6001. That is our Skype number. You can just uh, leave us a voicemail on that and um, and we'll either get back to you if you leave us a way to contact you or we'll incorporate whatever you left on um, the voicemail into our show. All right. Well, I think that's it. Say goodnight, Manny. Goodnight, Manny. Militantly Mixed, the Black as Fuck edition is a main hustle media podcast produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson, co-hosted by Mixed Girl Maine and Blurred Vision. Music is provided by H. Wood Players and Pond5. If you like what you heard on Militantly Mixed, the Black as Fuck edition, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. 
And you can follow us on social media on Twitter at MMBlackAF and Instagram at MilitantlyMixedBlackAF. And if you want to sponsor the podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash militantlymixed. Peace, y'all. This is a main hustle media podcast.